0: welcome to let's humanize the workplace my name is vivian aqua and i'm the workplace wellness advocate and today's topic is going to be amazing it's going to be epic and we are going to talk about emotional intelligence but before we are going to start having that conversation i just want to highlight something so you might have seen something about Amplify DEI where I am inviting 72 guest speakers to share their awesomeness regarding diversity, equity, and uh, equity, and inclusion, and it's happening really soon. So next month, 28th till uh, 30th of September, you're going to see the Netflix version of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if you want to know more, just go to amplifydei.com or you can chase me regarding that, and um, I also want to share the following. So, I mentioned that we are going to talk about emotional intelligence, and before we are going to start that conversation, I just copy and paste this from the Cambridge, uh, the Cambridge Dictionary, and I'm going to read it out loud. So, the ability to understand the way people feel and react, and to use this skill to make good, to make good judgments repeat good judgments and to avoid or solve problems. Especially, I just want to highlight that last sentence. So use this skill to make good judgments and to avoid or solve problems. Okay, I'm going to introduce the panel. So this is the amazing panel that I have for today and I'm going to bring them on live. Let me see and bring them here. And first off, I'm going to introduce Quinn. So Quinn is a humaneer who helps professionals bridge the divide between technical and emotional skills required to excel in the modern world. Teresa Quinlan is an executive coach and leadership transformational transformation specialist through emotional intelligence. And she's also the host of the <laughs> podcast, TNT ESQ, Exploding the Status Quo, Presenting Ways of Thinking Differently. And Josie Nakash is helping companies humanize their leadership and brand by applying advanced concepts of integral thinking of everything we do in the workplace and business and last but not least is Jamel Lindo, he is an Emotional intelligence, leadership coach, trainer and speaker with over 11 years of diverse learning and development experience. Welcome, everybody. It's a mouthful with all your introductions, but
1: (laughs) thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome.
0: Welcome to being here. And let me start with you, Quinn. What is your connection with humanizing the workplace?
2: All right. I jokingly say it starts with me um because it's it's something where you know i, I try and bring this stuff to uh to work every day um as uh, externally other than the people that i work directly with i also uh help other um you know my background's in engineering and so i have some programs that are tailored specifically for architects and engineers and really trying to do what we're doing today is you know bridge this divide between you know what is eq how does it relate to you know, a technical field that doesn't feel so touchy-feely. You know, beyond that, I also uh, work with other groups um, and collaborate with other folks. uh, Some of those are on this call today uh, and, you know, bring out to other organizations and what's great about this is EQ, you know, whereas I come from an engineer's perspective, EQ is something that we can all use. And it doesn't matter what business you're in or what you're doing, it relates to all of us. And so it even relates to what we're doing at home and at work. Um, but I've been able to find that my message in the way that I bring it, you know, works with people in in different non technical organizations as well. And so I collaborate to do, you know, individual and group coaching in those environments as well.
0: Thank you, Quinn. And Josie?
3: i'm a marketing expert i'm a startup expert here in israel Um, and the whole world of marketing is about to change really drastically because this is a whole new stage everybody's gonna have to adjust their marketing everything's gonna have to become much more human and all those new human examples are going to be embedded into the brand so the future is really shifting and it's going to be amazing. And you're going to look back a year from now and marketing is going to be completely different. It's going to be all human. But first, we have to have those positive human examples. First, we have to create that, you know, amazing environment and those good vibes and, the, you know, get everyone in that natural high from connection. And then we will be able to transform brands.
0: Thank you. Teresa.
4: Here, here! I just love when Josie talks about it because I get inspired when, with her passion, when she speaks about such a critical element to what we're exposed to every single day. You know, when I think about humanizing the workplace, I'm like, well, yeah, we really can't do, we can't do the workplace without humans in it. And emotional intelligence is, And emotions is just a human experience day in and day out minute by minute second by second it's what we're experiencing all the time the the question for me is always about are you aware of what's Mm -hmm. happening and so the work that i am so passionate about and so fulfilled by is helping people to make that connection so when they are experiencing people and things or even themselves on a regular basis they just have better experiences overall they're really tipping that well-being scale and they're moving themselves towards greater level of happiness sounds so simple
0: i love it i really <laughs> love it and Jamel.
1: yeah so the question being you know uh what is the connection there between being human and, and i think the first thing is that i'm human you know and it's, <laughs> it's the most obvious thing at least i hope Um, But that's where we start, right? With the fact that I'm human, you're human, we're all humans. And to truly understand each other, we need to understand, well, what's driving and motivating us in any given moment? And and we know by not only our own experience, but also by the research that emotions are driving us. So I think that we're in an amazing place right now where this Mm -hmm. is starting to become a conversation. I think if you were looking at this 10, 15, 20 years ago, there would be no openness to it. But today we're in a place where we're starting to ask... How can we find the line between business performance and results and the human experience? And to me, you can't bridge that gap without emotional intelligence, which I normally just describe as being smart about emotions.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that you shared something about uh, 10 years ago, it was uh, something maybe forbidden, and that's why I'm going to this question. Why is emotional intelligence a hidden key to successful leadership? And I will start with you, uh, Jamel.
1: A hidden key to, to, to leadership success. So I, I don't know so much that it's hidden. I think that it's open. I think it's in our faces. Mm-hmm. I think when you take a look at your day and the way that you interact with leaders, if you're a leader, the way that you interact with yourself, you can't ignore the fact that emotion is steeped in every aspect of what you do. When it comes to influencing, when it comes to leading, when it comes to delivering you know, tough feedback, having difficult conversations, getting people engaged and motivated... It all has to do with emotion. I think what makes it hidden is, is that we haven't truly accepted that in the business world. That's the first thing. The second thing is that once we come to the place of acceptance, we now have to become practitioners and look at ways that we can begin to integrate this into what we do. So taking the steps to actually make it happen is is where I see the challenge right now.
0: And I mean it. And I mean it. <laughs> okay, good.
1: I, I, I'm saying to myself, I kept that pretty short.
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, Josie,
3: um, we're emotional beings. And up until now, we've sort of been faking everything. This Mm -hmm. whole corporate setup that we had, it was all superficial. And even looking at it from a marketing perspective, if you go into any website, you get to that cold page product solutions. We're heading now into a very human stage. Everything is about to become more human and companies have to be more human they have to show up as being very caring and caring about their people and caring about people in general caring about the world and so it's all really it's about this energy between us it's about how we connect with other people that's the key we're gonna unlock now because we were on a stage of self-development you know self-improvement self this self-help and now we're transitioning into a stage of a collective stage where we have to advance harmoniously together so the key to unlocking all the good in this next stage is in the connections between us and the connections between humans is all around our emotions and how we you know how we balance those how, how we harmonize them how we how we create an environment with all the diversity between us, how this creates, even right here on this screen, look at us, this creates a perfect whole because we're all so different and we're all, you know, this This is the future. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Quinn, how do you follow up on that one? <laughs> you, you don't, you, I need my own awesome card. Um, yeah, I, I think <laughs> to echo it a little bit, it, it, mm-hmm. You know, I think, unfortunately, most of the people, majority of people who have been successful to this point have done it in spite of emotional intelligence. And I think that's why, it, you know, this image that we have, of this is what it means to be a leader, um, you know, this command and control the things that we have seen that have worked for the last 100 years you know, we're finally at a place where we're seeing the flaws in those and those aren't working anymore. But up until this point, a lot of people were really, you know, nervous about, well, you know, I've got this position now, I'm, I'm a leader, so I've got to act like a leader. And, and what leadership meant, um, you know, just like Mel said, 10 years ago, that was very different from what we're seeing it and knowing it to be now. And we're seeing that mob breakdown, you know, especially with what's going on in the world right now, you know, mm-hmm. it just doesn't, doesn't, does not work in this environment. And so, that's what's been hidden is that, you know, as Joey said, this is natural. This is who we are. This is how we want to be. This is what nature, you know, how we were intended to be. But we've been suppressing that for so long that it's it's been put out of sight and that's what makes it hidden.
0: Thank you. Love it. Teresa
4: Well, I, I agree somewhat with Jamel's like original point. Like, I don't know if it's hidden. I'm like, I kind of think sometimes it's hidden because of what we measure. And so when we're measuring in the workplace performance metrics, very seldomly do we see like really intense emotional intelligence observations and measurements to to direct bottom line results, even though we know they are critical to those bottom line results. And we can walk that all the way back to kindergarten when we get a report card and someone measures our IQ. They're also measuring our EQ. It's in the comments box, mm-hmm. but we don't call it that. And we see our teachers saying things like, Josie works well with her classmates. Quinn takes initiative to help other students that are struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamel stands up at the front of the class and speaks his truth when it comes to show and tell. Like we see them there. The what I think ends up happening is there's we have standardized testing around IQ and, and this is the draws. You have to know what you're going to get graded on. This is how you pass. And we don't have the value add of that comments box really making why people progress forward. So to Quinn's point, when we have people succeeding in life now, We know there's something about them. Why didn't the valedictorian become the most successful person at the 25th uh, reunion? It's because they missed those skills. They had all the IQ in the world. They had none of the EQ. And the kid that was the one who wooed everyone together and charged forward, they became the ceo of the most successful fortune 500 company <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those are the things that we see them they are in place they're not hidden we're just not giving them the attention that they need to have for what really defines
0: success Definitely. so
3: all we need to do is, in school is teach kids to be human basically turns out well, are
0: kids are i mean already are. when i when i look at my son the way his school approaches it has a lot of human elements and along the way kids seem to lose it as they become older Mm. as maybe as a teenager or maybe as an adult there is there is a phase where we aren't human or we aren't acting on those human elements that we see kids have right now
1: It, it really comes down to conditioning
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And, and and how we condition people. So if you yeah. were to go to, let's say, a third world country and you were to ask, you know, a bunch of people there if they could um, if they could read and write, uh, chances are they may not be able to. But if you go to a first world country like where we are here in Canada and you ask 10 people, it's highly likely that all of them will be able to. And the reason for that is because we have very structured systems in place to make sure that people are literate, to make sure that they can read, to make sure that they can write. And that's why we have the society that we have today. But on the other end, when you take a look at emotions, if I were to ask you guys, have you been put through any formalized structured process to help you understand your emotions or your thinking and your thoughts? And the answer to that is no. The mm-hmm. truth is, if you know about those things, it's likely because you went out, you ventured out to learn about it, mm-hmm. or you've gone down the, the, the wrong path emotionally to such an extent where you had to seek that professional help and support. But we or don't where have everything
3: to- exploded.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. But what we don't have is the, the conditioning, we don't have the systems in place that help us to learn those emotional skills, which is why we see what we see today, which is really a world of emotional illiteracy. And that shows up in leadership. It shows up with a lack of engagement. It shows up with toxic environments and environments that are not psychologically safe where people can't be at their best. And so I believe that that is the root cause of what we're dealing with here.
3: Not to mention all the statistics, statistics, sorry. Depression, suicide, divorce, addiction.
0: Definitely. You're both jump-starting all the questions. So let me (laughs) jump back to what you shared about, the lack of not having or the lack of not activating your EI. So what happens when leaders are not doing that? What happens when they are not activating that? Can you uh, start, Teresa? Catastrophe, like in a word,
4: (laughs) that's what Mm -hmm. happens. Actually, organizations will call it toxic workplace environment, mm-hmm. that's what they'll call it, right? And so anytime we think of if I'm not activating my emotional intelligence, if we just look at the self first, so I'm not activating my EI, so I'm completely unaware of what emotion I'm experiencing. So then I'm also unaware of how it's impacting me, which might mean I'm heading straight down that spiral of burnout. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not aware of how it's impacting other people, which means I'm potentially contributing to disengagement. Why are all of my team players on wellness days? Turns out I'm the common denominator in everyone's experience. My reactions and interactions with other people become ones in which nothing gets solved there is no compassion. There is no trust there. So there is no psychological safety. So we don't create well together. We don't co-create well together. We don't collaborate. We don't decision make. We don't do stuff together. And that's sort of, you know, the end of the world is coming definition of if I don't activate my emotional intelligence. The, The truth is everyone has elements of emotional intelligence skills. We do. We learn them along the way. We pick them up. We may not be balanced in them, we may not be developed in all of them, but we do have some emotional intelligence. It's not that everyone has none.
0: (laughs) Yes. Quinn. Quinn. Either Quinn or, okay, let me go to Jamel.
1: Yes. Uh, and just uh, run me by the question again, please.
0: So the question is, what happens when leaders are not activating their EI?
1: Yeah. So a series of things happen. I think the the number one thing that you're going to see is a, is a negative and toxic workplace culture. These are mm-hmm. places where people feel unsafe, where they're not sure if they can trust their peers. If they do trust their peers, it's, it's backstabbing. There's a lot of conversations that happen uh, behind people's backs. And people don't want to be there. And because they don't want to be there, they don't perform at their best, and they're not Mm -hmm. able to collaborate effectively. So it's low absenteeism, it's high turnover, it's low performance, it's low engagement, it's all of these things, right? And so if the leader is not tapping into their ability to be mindful and aware of themselves and thus be mindful and aware of other people at the level of thought and at the level of emotion, then these are the kind of problems that end up fostering. And when you don't have the right company culture, then it doesn't matter how brilliant your people are. It doesn't matter how high their IQ is. Right. It doesn't matter how brilliant your strategy is. You could have the best strategy in the world. If you're deploying that with people who don't like each other, who, who don't want to be there and who don't have the emotional climate to create success, then it's almost the same as having no strategy at all because it's not going to be able to deploy effectively. A big piece of
4: that, Vivian, a big piece of that is discretionary effort. So we have low EQ across the board, people come to work and they'll give 40% because that's what everyone is either willing to give and willing to accept. Yeah, so true. when Jamel says this climate of toxicity exists, and then also it's like having no strategy at all. Exactly. Because no one's actually putting in the effort for it. I mean, this is the, the extreme demonstration of zero emotional intelligence. So we that's do, right. see it. we absolutely see it.
0: I need to address Brian. Brian is spamming the comments. So, definitely, (laughs) Brian, I will ask your questions after this one. I will definitely ask them. So, thank you for sharing them. And, Quinn.
2: Yes. Sorry about that. Um, No, no,
0: no worries. No worries. I'm glad that you're back. Yeah. Can you share what happens when leaders are not activating their EI or maybe something that you experience as a.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a. There's a funny story. Teresa knows and anyone who listened. You know, when I was on her podcast. I taught one of the most extreme examples I've seen of this is I was had a senior engineer that I was working with tell one of our clients in a client meeting that you must be stupid um, because you don't understand what it is I'm trying to explain. Um, and and that was just you know from an I mean, and this is me you know a year out of college like is this really what the world of engineering you know and and so you know there's just so many things that that fell apart because of that. Th- that you, that you can see, and so I think that again is is you know again on a, on a very toxic level um, or an extreme level. That's it at its worst. But I think what also happens is we see this where it it doesn't happen in quite that extreme. And so Mm -hmm. it's sort of tolerated, um, you know, and that's the really, you know, it's the person where it's, it's bad, but it's not so bad. But then five years in, like you are just, you know, a shell of yourself. And why is it? Because you've been working in this environment that has just been slowly kind of sucking the life out of you. It's not Mm -hmm. like they come in and just scream or, you know, you know, yell at you or beat you upside the head with something that's like, you know, very visceral. And you're like, okay, I've got to get away from this. It's like this more, you know, just over time it accumulates. And so I think that's the. That's the piece where it can it, really it, it seems
0: like you're damage. addressing um the, the behavior of microaggression, which is which has a macro yeah. impact for the person yes. who's experiencing it and also has a macro impact for the company later, mm-hmm. especially when you when you have platforms like this one or social media or LinkedIn. -hmm. People are talking, and people are know know a way to express themselves, and know to a way to form a group where they are not saying that they are retaliating uh, towards the company, but they are addressing certain things that should not be happening. Especially when you are striving for diversity and inclusion and want, you know, a more human approach within your company, that's not what you need to look for. So um can you are you allowed to share what happened to that person or that colleague or
2: yeah this is this is 20 years ago so um mm-hmm. you know what what happened actually was the, you know we had to do a lot of damage control with that client um but, but then they were also put in a position where they never were outside uh facing outside of the company um you know they were they're put in an internal role could only talk to people within inside the company and you know there's a lot of discussion around you know I, I think that was the right thing back then, but you know what I know now, and and what should have happened. You know, there's there's a lot of other things that could have been done, but I mean, it there were it, it just and to me the big lesson there is it directly, um, you know what was just a you know a five second slip um of of who they were, you know, created all this, you know, headache and, you know, one, mm-hmm. one pain to the person who it was said, you know, which is, you know, horrible. But then there was real, if we want to talk about how it impacts the workplace, you know, sure. the real cost associated with that. And I think that's mm-hmm. the piece that we're we're really starting to understand now is, you mm-hmm. know, having low EQ costs new money. And, and that's something where, you know, as business leaders look at this, you know, it's not something, oh, it's a nice to have, it's a must have. And mm-hmm. if we're going to really be a you know our best seller in our most efficient company, we need to recognize that this is part of the bottom line.
3: Preach, <laughs> preach, Josiah. The cost of not dealing with the human yeah. ego behind yeah. all this, beneath everything, beneath a silly comment like that, is the he- human ego. That person yeah. just, you know, just erupted, and that person may not have had control of it or whatever. But we're seeing this everywhere now in the world. The human ego is erupting, and it's not going to be enough to, to just tame it. We really need to understand what we're dealing with. And the only way we're going to be able to do anything about it now that we're in a collective stage is together in these circles and this collective intelligence and create a positive flow of energy between humans so that things like that won't happen. Because before we were in an environment where you know, one person could just jump forward and now the environment we understand we're living in an interdependent system. Mm-hmm very transparent and we're all dependent on each other so you really it really makes you think and you know kids need to grow up with this whole like different like programming different wiring like with an integral approach inside them that there's this collective i'm part of this collective how can i contribute how can i be a positive part of the collective and not a you know a negative part and I just wanted to say the foundation of the startups in Israel where people came out of the army together and you know in the army people get thrown together rich poor different colors religions whatever and they come out of the army and they create these startups together and they're like brothers they've been Mm -hmm. through everything together so they have this amazing foundation I'm not saying they're perfect and of course they have huge egos our, our startup founders in Israel they're very successful but Um, it's a good foundation at least for the company. That
0: sounds awesome. I also want to ask the the question that uh, Brian is asking, um, what is different when EQ is prioritized and valued? So Teresa. Well, we could just swing it directly to the other (laughs) side.
4: So the first thing that we'll find is we'll find consistency. We'll find Mm -hmm. consistency in our behaviors. So I like to describe emotional intelligence as a ball. And when you have well-developed emotional intelligence and you're balanced in all of the skills, you have a nice smooth ball and no matter what's in front of you, that ball just continues to roll smooth and consistent. Mm -hmm. The obstacle, the person, the challenge, the resource, the time, the energy, whatever. When our emotional intelligence is... I'm great at assertiveness, not so great at empathy. I'm great at independence, not so great at my self-regard. Then we have this ball that's a little bit wonky. So Mm -hmm. sometimes, depending upon the situation, depending upon my mood, I might respond in an emotionally intelligent way. And sometimes I might not. And so I'm inconsistent. And this becomes the chip, chip, chip at the wellness of the people within that organization that wears them down. Mm -hmm. And then we have what happens is sometimes we have just low emotional intelligence across the board. So we have a teeny tiny little ball and that teeny Mm -hmm. tiny little ball, it rolls smooth. We're consistent. We're just consistently, I don't want to say bad as a label. We're just consistently bad at recognizing Mm -hmm. our emotions and their impact. And those kinds of companies just don't exist because they can't, they don't. Mm -hmm. They financially could not exist. So basically what we see is we can see Consistency and wellness of the individuals that are part of that environment, which means they're happy and they're performing.
0: That's what we are aiming for, right? That's the, yeah. the best thing that a company can do at the moment. So, Quinn, how do you see that? How would you answer this?
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, to to echo, I love that that ball analogy. You know, if you think about traditionally what HRs looked at, um, you know, you look hmm. at engagement. Um, You know, look at uh, innovation and you look at retention, you know, all three of those things are boosted by um, by what's by EQ. And so, you know, the the productivity that you get out of having a, um, you know, a culture that embraces emotional intelligence. You know this is this is what you get as a result of it um you know that camaraderie i mean the the high performing you know, sub, you know josie was talking about you know having been you know in a military college having played you know college sports you know that was one of the things that was great about it we we came from I and mean, you know oh tell you, I, you know i had a group this was a guy in 2001 whose family didn't have electricity until his junior year of high school um was on my football team Um, You know, was there with a guy whose dad was VP of, you know, a large multinational. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, those people are in this environment where, you know, we didn't play in the same playground, but here we were in this environment together and we learn from each other and the things that we get. And, you know, that that piece, you know, because of that and the skills they take from that, you know, we're able to integrate into, you know, really bringing this diversity of thought together and you know, all the things that we, we know to be so important. You know, that's that's what you're getting. And, and we, you know, no other time do we need to be innovative than right now. And that's the piece that we're, you know, you get when you. Thank you.
3: Josie. Um, I, what did Ryan ask again? Uh... How do we prioritize EQ and in the company? What is yeah, different? And value,
0: yeah.
3: It's about getting out of this space of the narrow human ego, the individual, and tapping into the collective intelligence. That's what it is for me. It's uh, it's not about you know individual performance anymore. It's how to create an environment where you know the environment influences us in a positive way to be our best to reach our maximum potential as humans yeah. where we get this natural high we want to jump out of bed in the morning and run to work or you know run to zoom <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, but uh, you know we we're so inspired and the creativity is flowing in that environment because we've created an environment for people to flourish in. Yeah. So that's what that kind of place looks like.
0: I love it. Where where can I sign up for that place?
1: Twenty thirty. We're aiming for yes. twenty thirty. What twenty
3: thirty? No. You were in a circle like that with us yesterday. When was it? Yesterday? The day before? That's what it feels like. Didn't you feel yeah. amazing when you came out?
0: True. True. Jamel. We get a
3: we get a natural high from being together like this. True.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd like to really build off of that. I think that the question really is, what does the emotionally intelligent workplace look like? And I I want for you to imagine, you know, going to work and, and knowing that your leader truly cares about you as an individual. And that might sound obvious, but for the most part, most of us feel like our leaders care about the work that we're doing, about the performance, about the numbers. But what if they cared about you as an individual? What if you felt totally and completely supported by them, not just as a worker, but, but as a human being. And it, what it also looks like is when you collaborate with people, there's, there's trust, right? And you don't have this sense that you're gonna get thrown under the bus. You mm-hmm. feel safe enough to bring forward new ideas. You're recommending new ideas. You don't feel that if you recommend something that doesn't make sense, that you're going to be attacked there's an openness, there's an authenticity. When people are, uh, when your leader is sharing their, their vision and the way that they wanna move things forward, you can feel that it's coming from a true place. And it's not because they just wanna achieve a target or they wanna achieve a number. It's when employees understand the bigger meaning of what they're doing. Oftentimes, employees get locked in to the day-to-day, to the mundane, to the task at hand, and they forget how that's actually connected with the company's vision. And how Mm -hmm. that company's vision is moving the the planet forward and what we're looking to accomplish. So they forget
0: or they aren't included in the conversations for them to be remembered that it has a bigger goal.
1: They're included in those conversations and
0: they're Mm -hmm. very clear
1: on how what they do in the micro is Mm -hmm. connected to the macro. So what you see now is employees who are actually connected to what they do from Mm -hmm. a from a true place of meaning. And so those are just a few things to name a few. I think Quinn nailed it when he talked about all of the KPIs, all of the measures of that, things like attendance and performance and employee engagement. But I think it's also about the actual experience of being at work.
0: Mm Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. So one of the questions that came by, and it's actually one of my questions, is uh, what can a leader? How can leaders amplify EI in their team? So we first discussed about what can they do for themselves, and now we want to activate it within the team members. Quinn,
3: I
2: think the yeah you know, the first thing I say is, is space. Uh, create that space where mm-hmm. these. Um, you know, that, that safety is there, um, you know, and if you're modeling it yourself, you're, you're creating and it's saying, okay, I want these ideas to come and also recognizing where they are. You know, some of the work we do, you know, it's like, well, you know, my team's all extroverts or my team's all introverts, you know, and it's like, you know, one group, you can't stop from talking one, you can't get to talk. Um, and you know, you're just saying, well, I just don't get any, you know, I asked them what they wanted and they didn't tell me, you know, it's like, it's understanding how to best get that information out of those people um, and give them, you know, you know, say, I see you, I see where you're at. Um, here's what we're trying to accomplish here. How can we, you know, start working towards this? Um, or if you've got somebody that's taking up too much space, you know, one of the things I love about the work Josie does is you know, when you're in a circle, you know, everyone has a chance to speak, right? And so you're making sure that, you know, it does include everyone that's there. And so I think it's really, you know, showing that you value this, don't just say, you know, well, how are you feeling? Okay, check. And then you move on to the next, you know, it's like, you really sit with that and 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 pull that out and say, okay, I, I do value who you are as a person, I want to know how you are, and how you're feeling, because that's going to, you know, resonate through everything else that we do here as a individual and as a team. And so really, you know, sit with that, don't just use it as, um, okay, I check that box, let's move on.
0: Yeah. That's a very good one. I see this so many times uh, it, when looking back at my own career that um, I, I didn't used to speak up like I'm doing right now. So I, mm-hmm. I'm, I was very introverted. I still am from time to time. And I most of the time kept my mouth shut. And I didn't realize that during meetings, that's the time where you can speak up and can share your ideas. But I didn't feel that I wasn't encouraged, but I also didn't feel like, okay, who's going to listen to me? And you sharing that, it's valuable that also managers and leaders or whoever encourage people to speak up.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Teresa.
2: Here's my awesome card.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Teresa.
4: <laughs> so uh, Jamel and I call ourselves hashtag EQ <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What we talk about quite frequently is, as you have to have walked the path. So Mm -hmm. basically, if you want to amplify your team's emotional intelligence, then as a leader, you need to be walking the path of emotional intelligence. You need to be applying and practicing the skills of EQ all the time. And when you fumble, because you will, because it is a lifetime of skill Mm -hmm. practicing. Then you dust yourself off and you get back up and you tell everyone, look, I I fell over. I know why I fell over. This is how I'm fixing it. And how you amp up for your team is you take the processes that you do internally in your head for your own EQ and you verbalize them outside for them to hear it. And that's what we call coaching. So leaders have to amp up their own coaching skills. I don't tell someone how to grow their emotional intelligence, I pose a reflection coaching question mm-hmm. that gets them to think about it. And what eventually happens as they do that time and time and time again, is just like anything that I teach a skill, if I prompt the reflection and the thinking, eventually the person learns the prompt without me having to say it anymore. Yeah. and they start to implement and they start to create and they start to do without me needing to do the coaching aspect for them basically and that's a simplified version of how do we as leaders begin to amplify we first walk the path and do the work day in and day out and then we take what's going on in the inside in our own journey and we verbalize it on the outside in coaching and, and also
0: i uh, <laughs> I would also like to add leaders don't have to do it alone. I mean, there are amazing people here on this panel who can guide you during this process. So know that you don't have to be, don't have to do it alone. If you need help, that's it.
4: That's what I was going to say. I'm like, <laughs> of course, the best way to collapse time is to get a, an, an EQ coach that can yeah. just amp, like leverage your skill set and push mm-hmm. you in that direction faster than you'll be able to do on your own. Yes.
0: Jamal.
1: I have to echo what Teresa said here. You know, Teresa, we're spending too much time together. That's what's going on. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, one thing that I want to add to this is, you know, I get that question all the time. You know, Jamal, mm-hmm. how do I enhance the emotional intelligence of my team?
0: Yeah. And if
1: I'm being honest, more often than not, that's just another way of saying, how do I get my team to do what I want them to do? <laughs> that's really well, the question too. that are That's really the question that they're asking there, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to remove that ego, as Josie was saying, that says, you know, it's my job to get the most out of these people. Oh, EQ, that's how you get performance. How do I get them to have EQ, right? That mindset is such a different mindset to, Mm -hmm. I now need to embark on this journey myself and enhance my own emotional intelligence so that I am the example. And then by being the example, my team will naturally and and most often subconsciously mirror those behaviors. Mm -hmm. So when I step into the meeting room and I ask, what is your perspective on this? What are your thoughts about this? Guys, we just had this situation happen. Where is everybody at? How are you feeling? Quite naturally, the same conversations will start taking place outside of that boardroom when I'm not present. And to me, culture is about what happens when nobody is quote unquote looking And influence is the the best way to be able to create that. So I have to echo what Teresa is saying here and and say that you need to enhance your own EQ. Now, what you need to know about that is that EQ is a marathon, not a sprint, Mm. all right? You are not going to become a mostly intelligent this week, in two weeks, or even in a month. Hashtag EQ EQ Ninjas, you got to check that out. Um, It's not (laughs) going to happen, right? Copyrighted. Yeah, this is a long-term journey. It's just like when you say, I'm going to get in shape. If you want to get in shape, you can't expect to go to the gym once or twice and get the job done, right? You need to be committed to a three-month is, 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 is this the EI shirt day. or something? What I, was I, that? It's the shirt of EI. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's, what you know.
0: You know, that's what it is. Oh, I love it. Love it. I'm getting goosebumps by you all. You're, I, I, I am speechless with everything that you're saying. And even though some of the things I already know, the way you say things it's just like I'm sitting in the black church where you all are preaching and it it comes to me (laughs) and I hope that you know for the audience who are listening right now this is this is an episode where you have to listen then you have to listen again because Mm -hmm. there are so many things shared during this episode that I'm just like whoa whoa Josie
3: so do you remember that I wrote that I might have a different perspective Well, (laughs) I want to suggest that in in the circle, Mm -hmm. doing collective intelligence or, you know, whatever you want to call it, going through this process together in the circle, um, working on all these things, talking about all these human things like we did the other day in our eco workshop. I want to suggest that a person can accelerate their development by two or three years Mm
2: -hmm.
3: compared to normal development. Like, uh, what, I don't know, maybe it's uh, this individual coaching, whatever. I want to suggest that the circle is thousand times more powerful. That because we're all mixing our thoughts and desires in the circle, we can accelerate our progress so much faster by mixing with people who are different than us. And that's what really expands all our consciousness and maximizes our human potential and actually increases our ego but in a good way because at the same time we're creating this positive flow of human energy so this excess ego is being redirected around the circle and we're all benefiting from it instead of when a person's alone and you know acts out on their ego so i want to suggest that the circle is the best way to pump up amplify the eq love it I am
2: lost. Can I drop in a little engineering?
0: Yes, <laughs> drop it.
2: Well, I, you know, so I, the way I look at it, and, and I appreciate what Josie's saying because I think it's, it's so true. You know, I think the circle is like that, um, you know, accelerator, you know, like the electron accelerator, you know, like, so once you step into that circle, but the, the thing is, what I find is if you don't fully step into it, and so mm-hmm. that self-awareness piece, so if I'm not ready, so if I dip my toe into the circle, then I'm just kind of in it. Um, you know, and so unless I'm fully aware and say, okay, I'm going to go into the circle that's the piece where you're not going to feel that full acceleration unless you're mm-hmm. fully able to, you know, where to say, okay, I'm ready to step in and you're going to, you're going to get that back. And, you know, this is one of the things that's, that's interesting. Again, you talk about introverts and extroverts, you know, we all have, you know, we need balance, right? And, and the best model comes from when we have these other parts that kind of average us out. And so that's the piece that you get. And we always tell people, it's like, well, I'm most comfortable being an I was like, well, that's where you're most comfortable, but where's your most growth? And if you give up a little bit of yourself to get into the accelerator, then you get that bigger energy that's coming and that's the piece I think we need to you know to recognize and that's where it's going to come from having that that safe group you know that that, the psychological safety we see in teams is so valuable that's what it does to accelerate us
1: Vivian, I know that uh, we don't have too much time left, and there's been so much goodness so far from from everybody on this panel. Just letting you talk, yes.
0: I, yes.
1: I I just want I just wanted to say, um, is it possible to share something practical, right? Something that people can can actually no. do to start enhancing their their own emotional intelligence? Because oftentimes yes. I feel that people walk away with these concepts, mm-hmm. but not with something that they can actually do. So a Go really ahead. simple strategy and technique that I normally start clients with is start by creating a daily journal. And all you're going to do on this journal is you are going to write out the events throughout the day that triggered you emotionally, either positively or negatively. And then you're going to write out and, and find like three or four events per day. Then write out the emotions that were triggered by those events, positive and negative standing then, in
3: line at the supermarket <laughs> there you go
1: right especially right now with everything that's happening it's mm-hmm. it's crazy to do out there <laughs> then write out you know the thoughts that you were telling yourself that drove those emotions now if you could do that practice over the course of 30 days what you'll start to recognize is that there are trends and patterns and the things that mm-hmm. you're experiencing and the things that are triggering you once you start to recognize that then you're going to be more proactive about your day you're going to realize oh That triggers me or, oh, that person triggers me. So then you start to change your approach because you're adapting to what you're seeing instead of acting based on previous conditioning. And really what you're doing there is you're rewriting your own conditioning. And that's where people start to take control of themselves and their their future, both professionally and personally. And the beautiful part about this process is that when you start doing it, you're not going to see only a difference at work what will happen is you'll become a better person at work, a better leader, a better professional, but you're also going to become a better husband. You're going to become a better student, a better wife, a better sister, a better friend. Uh, So I'd recommend something very simple like that to start your EQ development journey.
0: And it also helps with raising your awareness with, uh, when you were talking, I was so reminded about that quote, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. And once you write that down, That will help you with those trigger moments or will make you realize that maybe you need to leave your environment to be happy, whatever environment that is. That can be in a relationship or that can be in your work environment, whatever environment. I'm not encouraging. So don't blame me for leaving a bad relationship because that's not (laughs) the encouragement. I'm just wanting, you know, I'm just planting those, planting those seeds together with the experts. For you to realize that sometimes you might leave you have to leave that environment for you to grow
3: but don't you think it's amazing the way the pandemic gave mm-hmm. us all this injection eq injection and yeah i know when i'm in line at the supermarket i'm a much nicer person than i was a few months ago like just for <laughs> example we're all we've all grown from yeah. but look what nature had to do slam on the brakes put us into lockdown mm-hmm. shift our lives Upside down for us to, you know, see this human growth. For us to be better humans. Look what nature had to do. Yeah. And maybe Vivian, that
4: quote that you gave, ten percent, ninety percent. Maybe it's time to shift that to life is a hundred percent on based on your choice of design because that 10% of it's happening to me is a life by default, which is Mm -hmm. often why people feel off balance. And generally we call that I feel unwell, I feel off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes sometimes we feel it and we can name it, we can identify why. It's like, I didn't get a workout in today. I didn't sleep well last night. I know these things are contributing to how I feel today. And sometimes we're just operating in autopilot and other people are telling us, are you okay? Like something seems a little off. We need to pay attention to when people say that to us. And strategies around balance come down to a life by design. Am I choosing the things that I am dedicating myself to? in Mm -hmm. in EQ, it's our self-actualization. And I want to contribute an activity just like Jamel did, is being able to place ourselves at the center and identify what are all the areas of my life that are meaningful and fulfilling to me. So I might have my husband, my children, my pet hobbies. I might have my health. I could have work. Community volunteer travel finance, like there could be a lot of circles that surround you meaning and fulfilling. Great. When we take a look at that, we have an opportunity to say, where am I dedicating my time? How much mm. my time? Yeah. And what positive, emotional, pleasant experiences do I gain from that? Now, where am I not? In the things that I've identified and meaningful to me, am I not spending any time, which means I'm lost in fulfillment in a specific area of meaning. And it could be something as simple as I'm not gardening. And I love to garden. I'm not in nature and nature grounds me. And I haven't been doing these things. And it's a simple exercise in identifying and starting to tweak the dial in how we choose to spend our time. And when we start to reach greater levels of fulfillment in that way, emotionally, we we tend to balance out. We have greater sense of well-being. And that even amplifies our capacity in Jamel's exercise sometimes of being able to go, well, now that I feel well, I can actually even pay attention to what was going on today because mm-hmm. before I was just in this spiral of disarray and chaos. I can't even pay attention to how I'm feeling.
0: Yeah. I love it. I'm 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 just letting everything marinate, but I'm also I'm also curious about where do you want to see this all forward? So going to the last question. Um Josie what is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and emotional intelligence what do you want to see maybe it's starting or do you hope
3: I've been talking to companies about this for a while and they don't get it yet that it's especially if you're an international company you need to bring the whole global team together Mm -hmm. they need to interact they need to to, through workshops together, not about sales, not about training, not mm-hmm. about profits. They need to go through human experiences, emotional yeah. human workshops together, like the one we did the other day about the ego. Yeah and they need to be in breakout rooms and imagine it's people from different cultures different backgrounds languages different mentalities like in israel you know the startup companies the founders here they say we have such an open mentality and it's you know we want to get closer to the asian people but it's hard because you know they have their culture for their reasons you know they're like that so so how do we how do we activate this global connection in a way that really really benefits mm-hmm. the company you know what what platforms do we need what technology do we need uh you know maybe we need a big screen uh, somewhere you know and then we have to take all these examples of positive human connection and embed them into the brand instead of using all these image bank images and all this fake superficial stuff we've been using for marketing and advertising That stuff's not going to work anymore. Now it has to be real. It has to be human. People have to feel love, warmth, connection, you know, radiating from the brand. And that's the companies they're going to want to work with. So for me, it's at the end of the day, you know, these things have to, even the products that we come into contact with every day, there's place there to Get rid of all the stuff that we don't need to read, you know, and put examples of positive human connection so that we go to the public and we see positive human examples of positive human connection all around us. That's what we need to fill our environment with. So we'll get that conditioning, not just when we're in work. I like Jamel's word conditioning. We'll get that conditioning everywhere, everywhere mm-hmm. in our house. When we step out the house, you know, in, in the workplace, we need to get that new conditioning because we've been we've been existing in an environment that's very toxic with all these negative examples Mm -hmm. of human interaction and our kids are brought up in those environments and it's in a way it's good that they're not going to school because they were getting a lot of very bad examples in school of human behavior so this whole thing is actually good for us we're growing we're going to be you know we're learning to be better together And there's a lot of benefit in it, but we just have to go along with the process and stop resisting what nature is trying to do. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: And uh, Jamel. Yeah,
1: there's so much here to say, uh, guys, buckle in. I'm going to go for about 10 minutes.
2: <laughs> well, you already said it's not happening until 2030. Yeah, he <laughs> so he's um, cooking
0: around here. Yeah,
1: oh, I, I think there's a lot There's a lot to be said there. But if you're asking me what I want to see, uh, what I would want to see is a, a bigger priori- prioritization when it comes to emotional intelligence. And the only way that you can do that is by allowing it to become a part of the, the systematic way that you operate and run your business. And really what that means is that emotional intelligence development has to be on the balance sheet. It has to be in the budget, right? For example, if you said, you know, Jamal, what do you see for, you know, 2025 for AI, Hmm. right? And We started talking about all these different AI strategies, then quite naturally, what you would be thinking is that we need to invest in those AI strategies. Mm-hmm. And so what I'd like to see is it you know, to be more commonplace for us to invest in emotionally intelligent cultures and then weave those behaviors into the way that we operate our business. So what does that look like? It, it means that when we look at performance, we consider these things. We have better ways to quantify the kind of behaviors that are in alignment right? there. When it, when it comes to hiring, these are the behaviors that we're looking for. When it comes to determining who's a fit, these are the behaviors that we're looking for. When it comes to creating a standard for how we want to perform and what culture is, we don't tolerate, right, the behaviors that are not in alignment. Of course, we help and we support people, right, when they have a misstep or when there's a challenge, definitely. But ultimately, if that's consistent, then we don't, we don't tolerate it. And, and the reason why that last point is really important is because your culture is only as good as the worst behavior that you tolerate. And I'm going to say that again, your culture is only as good as the worst behavior that you tolerate because the moment that you tolerate it, you say that it's okay. And once it's okay, then people will replicate that behavior and it becomes a part of the DNA of that business. So I think that getting it on the balance sheet is really key. key. And I think that having emotionally intelligent systems and, and processes integrated into way into the way that we run our businesses is key as well and if we could get there in five years do, sign me up
0: yes love it love it and
2: quinn uh, well i i echo the the balance statement piece i think it is something that has to be you know we have to see investment in it and it has to be something you know you're quarterly you know you're not just checking profits and the fun part is we mentioned it before you know if you if you start monitoring this and you start engaging with this you know and really checking in on this then those other things kind of take care of themselves you know those goals you know goal. the goal is to be profitable but how we get there is to be more human and 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 so you know this is the thing that it it just supports so many other things that you know it it it, it's just nice to see it and again if you're if you know if we were going to lay out a five-year plan okay what are we going to do how do we start this conversation how do we start integrating it and also letting it become, because it's not a marathon. I mean, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon. You know, how do we make sure that we are are doing that? You know, what what's, either the worst thing can do is, oh, we're going to have this two-day seminar once a year, you know, and we're all going to come together. And we're going to talk yeah. about just, you know, it's it doesn't live there, right? It lives in the day-to-day. And, you know, the best type of learning is when we are, you know, we're teaching each other. You're having these open discussions. Oh, hey, I noticed this. You know, there's there's ways, and, and that's one of the things, you know, we encourage with a lot of people we work with is, you know, keep the conversation going You know, if if you're only talking about this, you know, when we're here, or we're on our follow up calls, or we're doing that, you're missing all those other opportunities, right? You know, and and so that's, that's the piece that it that we really want to see it just become holistically ingrained into, you know, it is part of the culture and because it's part of the culture we're going to budget for it just like we would any other piece that's really important. And, you know, and watch what happens beyond that is those other things that we're so worried about are really going to fall into place. Thank you Teresa.
4: So I had a conversation with the CEO a couple of weeks ago, and he started with describing pain points. He's like, every company I've been in, whether I was the CEO or whether I was a VP or an individual contributor, it all went south when mm-hmm. people lost sight of the mission, the vision, the purpose, the, the peace that connected us all together as to why we were there in the first place. And it went south when that was lost because what was prioritized was this number, that number, so on and so forth. And he continued to speak for about five, six minutes. And then he said, you know, so when we keep growing, something I'm definitely going to have to do is I'm going to have to automate our mission, our purpose, our vision, because I'm not going to have time to like really dig in with that with all the new people coming in. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> you just <laughs> cut yourself off at the knees five minutes ago. You said, that's why you left companies is mm-hmm. because yeah. they let that go. And now you want to automate it. Cause you don't have quote unquote time for it. I'm like, I know we're not working together yet, but you got to shift that if we're ever going to get anywhere with emotional intelligence. And he said, Oh my God, thank you so much for calling me out on that. I totally, almost like missed that I was willing to sacrifice it in order to grow bottom line, so on and so forth. I said, yeah, that is primarily the problem is this sort of autopilot not paying attention. Mm -hmm. So if I think about 2025, I think about Claude Silver, a chief heart officer, someone dedicated to the humanity of the workplace. Emotional intelligence is a skill set dedicated to the humanity of the workplace. So do you want to have a chief human officer, a chief heart officer, a chief EI officer. I don't care what you want to call them. It's putting them in your company with a dedicated focus that this is their job and it's their only job.
0: And yeah, I can but also totally give them the power, give them the power to yeah. to act upon it. Because sometimes you give people titles and they don't have the authority or they don't have the budget or they don't have the license to act upon it and to do something within the company.
4: Yeah, if we're saying it's important, we have to put the money and time and effort behind saying that it's important, just as we would anything else we're currently saying is important.
0: Yeah, Yeah. thank you. I so enjoyed this conversation and Mm -hmm. I'm already sad that it's ending, but this looks like maybe let's see in a half year or next year where uh, emotional intelligence is at in the world and see if there if we are coming closer towards the the wishes that you all shared. I really enjoyed the conversation and for all the listeners and all those people who are watching, I would like to say uh thank you for listening, thank you for watching and it was amazing. Thank you all for being awesome and sharing your wisdom regarding emotional intelligence. So thank you. Thank, thank you, thank you Vivian. for having us. You're welcome. Thank you, yeah. thank you Vivian. <laughs> bye everybody bye, bye.
3: bye.